0: Yüze vuruyor, dünü bile bile üzerime salıyor. Sana yola giriyor, dışı yakıyor, içi dele dele yüreğime batıyor. Karayla yine geliyor, yüze vuruyor, dünü bile bile üzerime salıyor. Sana kur gibi alt bombo şikayetler Yakın bile durmadan hiç saydıkça saydı bitmedi Reften büften var anne Tanışla düğmeleri ilikledim Saygıyla bekliyorum aşkım Dammadan su içinde ne haldin Korkundan titriyor ruhum
1: Hey guys, you are listening to the WE podcast with your co-host Bishra and Dadia. We are super, super excited today to be in the studio. I feel like I haven't been here for a while. We were here last week, weren't we? No. No, that's why. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we had lots of um, work commitments that we, yes. unfortunately, couldn't get out of. Unfortunately, so we had to have a break. So yes, it has feels like a while. Yeah, it feels like a really and long we've time. we had Easter long weekend break. I know, right? Those four days felt like a whole week to yes. me. Yes, and it was such beautiful weather. It was just perfect. It was so needed. Um, coming back from having all restrictions taken away and life honestly seems to be really back to normal, which is great. But um, it is the 6th of April, exactly 2 past 5, and Bushra and I are here again. Um, we are the WE Podcast on Australia's Voice of Turkey and we have a very um, different program today. Different, I say, because um, I learned something while trying to organise our guests to come on today. Um, we're going to be talking about foster care. Um, And the reason why I say I learned something is because um, I didn't know that we had an organization called fostering our ummah, Which is obviously a Muslim association a non-profit organization that does foster care so um, I'm really excited actually to discuss and talk to them about You know what it is to be a foster parent and And the whole process and also um, We did uh, speak briefly speak about it off air Mm -hmm. where uh,
1: there aren't Muslim foster carers out there, or perhaps we have a lack in knowledge in that area, and that's that's what our aim is today, to raise awareness and um, and to create some um, knowledge in that field so that if there is anyone out there who does need that support, we can reach out, or they can reach out to Mm -hmm. us, or perhaps even reach out to the handle that we've tagged on our Instagram page. And what is that handle, Busta? Their handle is uh what was it it is at fostering underscore our underscore umma, mm-hmm. and um and you can reach them by basically going into our instagram page the we podcast and um and finding them
2: on our latest post that's right we'll be speaking to samar she's the president of the organization in the next 10 minutes or so um yeah and i again to discuss pretty much all the um the difficulties around becoming a foster, a foster carer. I'm guessing there's obviously lots of um, regulations and rules. There must be lots of um, you know, red tape you need to go through. And I think becoming a foster parent is a family thing. I think mm-hmm. it's something you'll have to discuss with your family as well, so. And, and sharing that same vision with your partner is it's, something very admirable. You're, you're having... And look, there's a lot of misconceptions as well. I've got a whole bunch of them that I'd like to talk to Samar about. You know, a lot of those kids, you know, they're all troubled kids, that mm. kind of stuff. So we can delve into sure. that we'll when they come. we'll unpack all those and
1: those questions there. And if you do have any questions, guys, um, feel free to reach out to us on the We Podcast on our Instagram page and we'll be delighted to ask those questions.
2: Sure. Um, before we do speak to um, Samar about our topic this week, I just wanted to raise awareness um, to our listeners out there from the 1st of april 2021 to the 30th of april 2021 in other words the month of april um, is the month of ibs awareness month and ibs stands for irritable bowel syndrome um, and we've had um, Marion Metwally come here twice, I think, previously. On one of her episodes, she talked to us about gut health, and obviously that was surrounding IBS. She's such good value. Absolutely. And we've had her on, and she talked to us about brain health as well. Um, off hair, I didn't know that she suffered from IBS, mm. um, as well as a few of other guests. Um, and just recently, in about November last year, I was diagnosed with IBS too. So I've been struggling with that for the last couple of months. Um, it's so
1: courageous of you to share that on Thank hair. you.
2: Um, it is a symptom that apparently one in seven people suffer from it Mm. Um, that and I think a lot of people are not diagnosed with it and you know you need to that when you're obviously diagnosed with it you need to follow the low FODMAP diet and that basically means all our foods have got sugars in them so you need to take away A lot of the foods that have got these sugars that are harmful to your gut and then you know after a while you need to reinstate them and as you reinstate them you go through various symptoms of pain and stuff so it's a big roller coaster something I'm going through but I put it on my own handle on my own page because I wanted people to be aware of it Um, it is nice to know that friends and family out there um, are aware of it so when we do go places they're like are you can you have that can you eat that Oh, so wow. that's nice to know that people yeah. are a bit more cautious and I think people are not aware of people around them I think a lot of people keep saying to me they've got those symptoms too but I don't know and I'm just like if you've just got a bloated stomach I don't know if that's the whole symptom because I have pain at the same time so other things that come with it, was it th- just the bloating and the the pain and the, the flare-ups the, the discomfort region? I look like I was just about to have a baby mm, Um. So. so you know obviously I look I think the one thing I'd like to say to anyone out there is, it is IBS Awareness Month, um, and it is a month to be aware of your health and to go and get checked out, and especially, um, I finally had to ask for... To see a gut specialist, where I got a colonoscopy and endoscopy done. I mean, you know, and that's when I was told lactose intolerant and you're suffering from IBS. So, so how do you? What kind type of coffee do you drink? Because I know you like your coffee, lactose free. I've been having lactose free milk on my own for about a year before I was even diagnosed because I felt that that was a bit better for me. And does it taste different to regular cows? Milk? No, not really. But I did find that I did, I did. It didn't even occur to me that I should be having lactose free. You know, cheese and yogurt and all those other things. It was just I thought i oh, milk, but that's not it. And so then I thought, oh well, I'll have oat milk, mm. but oat milk doesn't help my IBS, so that right, goes out the right, door. Right, okay. So having yeah. it's, it's very hard. It so a lot of that process you know, of
1: elimination. Absolutely. And um, and how did it, it affect your family? Has their diet shifted as well? Because it has. you're you are the you're the prime.
2: I'm the primary cook, yeah, I'm, but I'm, chef in the I'm house. I'm Trying not to. <laughs> I don't know why I just I call know. myself a chef there. Sorry, I take that back. The only person in the house that pretty much cooks. Actually, my husband is cooking koftas today. But, anyways, oh, um, yeah. but look, I do look. I've just changed a few things, and I think people were saying, "Oh, how do you cook with no onions and garlic?" Right? And I thought, if you're a cook, you can flavour your food either way, so and it hasn't really made any difference. Really. Just to backtrack, yeah. you're not using onion
1: and garlic because it triggers your IBS. Oh, absolutely! Okay. Totally, totally, right. totally, because it's quite. High, high in acid, acidity, yeah, right?
2: I can't have chilli anymore. Sure. Mm. You know? Yeah, that's yeah, tough. So there we go. So look, you know, I just want, again, raise awareness. We have we have, we have, have had um, um, Mariam on there. We have her on our podcast as well. So please go and actually have a listen because I did when I was diagnosed. I went back and listened to everything she said. It was like, oh, my God, yes, bingo, bingo, bingo. So it's really, it was a source of information for me to go back to because it was all collated in the one spot. Mm. And we seem to have asked all the questions that I had which was great. So um, just wanted to share that, to be honest, today. Um, how's your day been anyway today, Bishina? Um This is the first day of school holidays for me. It's been great. Yes? Yeah. You're enjoying it?
1: Look, I'm trying to sleep in, but Good. that doesn't happen. Well, what's the sleep in for you? 8.30.
2: That's all right. That's not too bad. No, it's not a in though. No, it's not. But it's still good.
1: <laughs> Actually, I probably woke up at seven, but just lying
2: in bed. And just chilling, knowing you don't have to get up.
1: Yeah, that's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. That, the the best feeling is knowing that you don't have to wake up or not having to put the alarm on mm. the next morning, the following morning.
2: Yeah. Well, it's good to be able to have a week of rest. And then we next week, this time, we'll be the first to have Ramadan. So, yeah. And you've still got a week at home. Yeah. To, and I've got next week off as well. I've taken next week oh, off. really? Well, second half of school holidays nice. i'd like to spend time with the girls That's always lovely. and it just worked perfectly that it's ramadan too it's a nice way to get your body adjusted absolutely and to be able to use that month wisely sure we should actually
1: have a um a podcast or maybe half our um a podcast dedicated to Ramadan and yeah, what? Why not? Absolutely, of... there's a lot to delve into. Yeah, for the purpose of education, and apparently it's quite um, good for your body. Absolutely, people were asking. As well. We're having
2: a lot of discussions yeah. about that with people at work. For those
1: well, who don't practice, yeah, who record. don't
2: seem to understand, mm-hmm. they all. I think everyone um, articulates the one thing, or just goes into the one section of. Oh, you just starve yourself it's yeah. not that they don't seem to see anything else behind it so um, it'd be great to actually um, we can do that Yeah, that would be um, perfect but should I, why don't we break for a song sure, um, and then we, and when we come back we will be having Samar from um, fostering our umar on online and we'll be talking to her about all things foster care
1: excellent so guys
2: stay tuned we will be right back you
1: are listening to the wee podcast and it's 5 11 on Australia's Voice of Turkey. We will be right back. I'll be I'll be leaving you with what song was it that we've
2: got lined up? Berkay's new song, Yeter iste. I think. Yes. That song's gone viral. This is the um, first time I'm going to hear it. He had it on his um, Instagram page saying, anyone who listens to my song and tags me, I promise I will retag it back on my post. And he's, has he and he's done songs? that. I did that on my my <laughs> my private account is private, but I have a, a marriage celebrity page that's public. So I thought, let's just do it from there. I did it and he retagged it okay. and said he was here six years ago and he'd love to come back once everything goes back to normal. Oh, so great. there you go. Okay. So um, this is to you, Berkay, all the way in Istanbul. Hope you're listening. Um, your new song, Yeter <laughs> Iste.
3: Biz dalırız kokum burnumda alırım her şey seni Aşk ezertette günleri atlatırız. yeter ki sen kalbin içinde toparla senininde kalkarız yeter ki sen zor yeter ki kalbin bir
2: And we're back. What a lovely song! I like that song. Um, you are listening to the web Podcast on Australia's Voice of Turkey. We do have Samar online, she is the president of um, Fostering Our Umma. Samar, welcome.
4: Thank you, guys. How are you? All? Good, thank you. Fantastic. How are you?
2: Good, good, really, really good. Thank nice. you so much for accepting my invitation. Um, I really appreciate it do you I just wanted to um, let everyone know that I actually found you by accident Um, and that was because I was gifted a a Quran from the Quran something I can't remember now and you were tagged on one of their um, posts and I'm like oh who are these people and um, so I actually had a look and I'd found you from there now I actually had no idea that um, there was such an organization at all So, um, I really appreciate it. Oh, no, no,
4: thank you so much. I think it was Project Quran. That's it.
2: uh, Thank you. That's it. Yes, yes, that's it. That's it. Thank you.
1: That's awesome. So, um, Samar, you're in uh, foster care. Yes. Are you able to just debrief us as to what inspired you to start this journey?
4: Yeah, definitely. So, about seven years ago, we started just hearing a few different stories about Muslim kids being in foster care, um, and it's like a really taboo subject um, sort of within our community. Mm -hmm. Um, So we found out about a fundraiser that was happening where they were actually trying to raise awareness um, about needing more Muslim foster carers Mm. uh, to come on board, um, because they try to match up kids with um, families of, you know, the same religion, same culture, or as as close you know to what they are as possible to just to keep that sense of identity for the children mm-hmm um, yeah, so we went to the fundraiser we learned all about it on the way home I was like to my husband we have to do this there's you know so many kids out there you know and we've got so much love to give so we started our journey and um, seven years later we've had uh, 15 kids um, come through our care. Uh, we were able to adopt our son um, from foster care, and we have
1: oh, wow. a That's... little
4: girl at the moment. Yeah, she's two, uh, three years old, so oh. she's been with us two and a half years now.
1: Wow! Oh my God, I got goosebumps That's already. So touching. <laughs> that That's, was too yeah.
2: quick, too quick in the show of getting goosebumps. <laughs> she's, uh, she's sorry. I should have left that to the end Ooh. and just dropped the bombshell. <laughs> oh my God! Wow! So. K- k- Uh, Can I first ask you, can we just strip back and go back to first? Can you just tell our listeners out there exactly what foster care is? Mm,
4: Thank you. Yeah, sure. So it's basically kids that they're not safe to live at home with mum and dad um, or maybe someone in their family. It's just not safe whether it's uh, mental illness, domestic violence, drug issues. Mm -hmm. Um, it It does affect our community as well. Um, and these kids need, yeah, a lot of these parents just need a little bit of time to get, you know, their life back on track, and mm-hmm. the kids obviously need to be looked after within that time. So that's where foster parents come in and look after them. And you know, the kids do still see their parents. Uh, they call them contact um, visits.
2: Wow. Okay. So
4: yeah, they'll see them either once a week, once every two weeks. So um, you, it just depends on the situation. Do yeah. Do
1: you feel there's um. Look, these, I guess these questions are quite confronting to ask and it, it may be so for the other end with our listeners as well. Um, I'm going to try and be as sensitive as possible um, to yes. this program, but um, is there any hostility between the parent and the child in this process? Because, uh, I mean, you're caring for these children and you've obviously adopted them. And they're under your care. However, yeah. they need to also still, or or do they re- need to reach out to their parents because they've been sheltered for a reason? So how does that
4: yeah. process actually yeah. work? It's it's basically the courts that decide um, how many times the child right. will see the parent, okay. um, whether it's you know once a week. If it's long term care, so if the court has decided that this child will stay with these carers. You know until they're 18 mm-hmm. um, then they're, their visits might be only once a month once every two months okay. um, it's basically just the court that makes sort of those decisions and then we just sort of go along with that and facilitate that and just make it as comfortable as we can for everyone
2: mm-hmm.
4: um, yeah we try to make it really positive for the kids um, and for the parents as well yeah
2: So Ma, you, look, I've got heaps of questions, but I'll just go back to your journey in the car with your husband going home. When you said to your husband, we have to do this. I mean, this is obviously, we are talking about it off air. It's a family thing. You need your um, husband and, do you have any children of your own? So you've got, you've adopted those kids in your care, but do, do you have kids of your own as well?
4: We we don't have any kids of our own, but we have only adopted one, so just that um, one. Our daughter is our foster daughter. Yeah, okay. she's still living in foster care. Yeah.
2: So was your husband on board straight away, or did you have to convince him? Because it is a big, mm. it is a big ask. A I have com- to say, big it's a big commitment.
4: Yeah. yeah, no, no, he was definitely on board, and in saying that as well, my husband, every single child that has coming to our care they are always his favorite person they like are obsessed with him all the time <laughs> <laughs> wow. He's honestly he's one of the best dads ever like he just you know we always treat the kids that come into our home like our own mm-hmm. um, but he goes above and beyond for them and they're honestly they're like
2: absolutely obsessed with him yeah it's beautiful. okay. beautiful um, obviously I, I do want to ask you the process involved in becoming a foster parent but um, Bishita asked the question before and I just want to just um, go on to that she said to you you know is there any hostility between the children and the parents, but my oh. question more revolves around obviously, do these parents who end up having to do they have to eventually by law be told to give their kids up for foster care, or are they voluntarily doing that? And if so, I mean, have you seen them break down because they don't they know they have to, but they don't want to?
4: Yeah, so um, it's basically not. It's basically the government, uh, DCJ, who I think were originally called Docs, Mm -hmm. um, they go in there and remove the children, so it's all really traumatic for, you know, the kids and the parents um, if it gets to that stage. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the agencies and DCJ, they try to work with the parents because the main goal with foster care is to reunite the kids back to their biological family. Right. Yeah. So they work together with the parents as much as they can. Um, you know, some parents are really, really good within like, you know, six months that the child can go back. They've done everything that's been asked of them. They're able to, you know, get their life back on track. Um, whereas if the parents can't do it, they might look at an auntie or an uncle um, and they get assessed. So it can be a little bit of a long process um, unfortunately but for some parents there just is there and they're not able to care for the child they're not able to give them that safe environment and there's no one within the extended family that can do it so that's where uh kids they either end up uh adopted out of foster care or there's something called guardianship mm-hmm. um or they just stay in foster care until they're 18 and then that's it after 18.
2: and what what is the difference between foster care and guardianship then Tamar? So, um, or uh, adoption, that's the—that's in between of foster care and adoption, right, guardianship. Yeah. So what, yeah. what's the difference then?
4: So foster care, they say that they're under the care of the minister. So DCJ and the agencies, they're basically making all those big decisions for the child. Mm-hmm. Um, once they get adopted, the foster mom and the foster dad yep. are legally their
2: parents. Guardians. Yep.
4: Um, and they're completely out of the system. They don't deal with agencies or anything like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, guardianship is very similar um, I'm not hundred percent sure about the specifics with guardianship but it's sort of in between foster care and adoption
2: mm. yeah oh, I'm, I'm already like lost for words I don't know what to yeah. say like can, how would they I mean look I read an article um, on coming into the studio about um, people wanting to have the um, the legal age of kids being sent out of foster care should be not 18, but should be 21. Do you agree with that statement? Do you?
4: Yeah, yeah 100% because there's some kids that are in care till they're 18 mm-hmm. and then um, obviously all the benefits because foster parents get um, every two weeks, they get sort of, they call it an allowance mm-hmm. for the child. Um, and then that stops when they turn 18. So for some foster families, um, they might not be able to afford keeping on that child, so the child's basically on their own. Okay. Um, so there's I know there are very high statistics of kids that leave foster care after 18 that are homeless, mm-hmm. that they end up in jail um, they end up with kids and then their kids go into foster care. So I think that's why they're trying to break you know that cycle to give them more support uh, to give them you know affordable housing. There's I think a few more programs that are starting to come up.
3: Uh,
4: where they're trying to help, yeah, help the kids a lot more. You
2: know, once they um hit eighteen. Wow. Yeah, just, just yeah, because I read the article. Then did actually did start to talk about you know those kids who do leave. Exactly what oh. you just said. Do get yeah. you know on the wrong side of the you know on the wrong side of the law. Obviously become homeless. Um, yep. Can I ask you in regards to our community? I know that obviously the Indigenous and Aboriginal children. There's a lot of them there, but. Well, how how prevalent is it in our Muslim community that we have foster kids?
4: Oh, it's, there's a lot. So at the moment, we are doing a Eid gift drive. So uh, all Muslim kids in care, um, we're doing Eid gifts for them. Um, mm-hmm. And we're only working with two agencies, and there's 201 kids that we're going to be getting presents for. So if we were that's only two agencies there's so many more agencies there's DCJ so you can only imagine how many more Muslim kids are in care in um, New South Wales
2: and I mean you touched on a good point you want your the children to be in um, similar families with a similar background that's and faith right. because yes. they've already been traumatized I mean how much that's more traumatized right. can you get have you um how have you have you seen kids, kids obviously not like not wanting to be in a foster care or become really, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Reluctant? Yeah, reluctant and just angry and not wanted and I resentment. suppose lash out at you, I guess?
4: Um, with me and my husband, we've we've mainly had younger kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that hasn't really been the case with us. But they do get um, really, really upset after like a visit and they they don't seem to understand why they can't be with mum, why can't they be with dad. Oh, so no, it's, it's, it's yeah, it's sort of hard to try to navigate through that and just see what works for them just to keep them you know calm and let them feel all those feelings um but i do know with the older kids of course they're going to have um so much trauma mm, you know like my, my family doesn't want me you know what's going on do you they're going to lash out yeah in it's, that it's case really though
1: i'm just thinking is it healthy for them to be in touch with the parents too. because it's creating more um you know it's that trauma security and right. they're losing hope resentment in, in in that the structure of what consists or what a family looks like essentially
4: yeah it is it's it's really really sad unfortunately there's sometimes things that are happening within the family where it's just not safe yeah for them to be there so even though they might think i want to be with my mom and dad at the end of the day that's their mom and dad they're always going to love them and you know, want to be with them, but if they're not safe, then that's when the DCJ um, has to step in. Yeah.
1: So, um, I just, I'm just curious, how do you deal with this when, when you do get a situation where a child may be, uh, you know, may lash out or may show, um, aggressive behavior, or I guess, maybe disengagement completely because they're just struggling to understand. How do you um, deal so with we, this?
4: So we're very lucky. As foster parents, we do get training um, on how to deal with these sort of behaviours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, one little girl that we had, she was three. Um, after visits with her mum, she would come home and just stay crying for hours. Mm. Um, and nothing I did would calm her down. So then um, I started straight after the visit, I would take her to the park. We would go to the play center. We would do an activity straight after, um, and she would... You know, snap out of it, she would forget, and she'll just be having so much fun that she'll, you know, she's after every visit, she was excited. She's like, Oh, yeah, someone's gonna take me to do this, she's gonna take me to do that. So, that was one way that I sort of, I guess, helped her because she's only three, so
1: deviating the attention yeah. away from uh, the present, I guess. Wow. Um, it, has there been any challenges that you've experienced through this process or any growth experiences? I'm sure you've had many. Um, but is there anything that you can recall that was a pivotal moment in this journey for you?
4: Um, oh, there's been so many. <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, there, oh, I, don't even, I, can't even, I don't know where to start. There's just <laughs> been so many. I think seeing kids reunite with their families and, you know, knowing that they're going to be okay and that their parents have done so well. We've seen, you know, so many positive stories with that happening. Um, um, and there's also been sad moments where we, we've had um, we had one little boy, he came to us at eight days old, um, and he left after three years of being with us. Mm. So that honestly took us a year to get over because we couldn't imagine our life without him. You know, we've had him for so long. So we were trying to rebuild, you know, life without him. So that was a very, very, very big um, struggle for me, my husband, um, and the kids as well. Um, but he's doing amazing, and he, you know, he's with his family, and it's it's honestly it's so beautiful to see when the family have done so so well, and then you see photos and you see them again, and you Do know you they're all doing touch? amazing, and they're talking. Um, they, they were they were all Muslim, but they're um, different cultures, right? So you know they've learned the language, they're doing their traditions and their cultures, which is so beautiful to see because, um, you know, as being Lebanese Muslim, I would want you know Lebanese Muslim kids to be with. You know, Lebanese Muslim families as right.
1: well And um, do you keep in touch With those who reunite Or go back to their families
4: uh, Yeah some, some of them We do like on Facebook um, There's one grandma The little girl went back to her grandma um, And she's still It's been I think nearly two years that the little girl left our care, but the grandma still we still talk to each other till now. Like oh, the other beautiful. day, she called me, and she just checks up on us. I check up on them. So we what, always when you're describing a yeah. community,
1: you're really describing a community and um, and and bonding, making yes. lifelong connections. It's not just a facility or a service here that I'm hearing. It's that's right. It's it's this connection that you're going to have, or and even it's just. A hands that's reaching out, saying, "Look, we're here if you need to take it." That's so beautiful, so touching. That's
4: right, yeah. It's because I feel like there's a lot of sad and horrible stories that you hear, and you know, parents are fighting with the foster parents, and but it's I I know about maybe 15 to 20 like Muslim families that do foster care, and Mm -hmm. I hear the most beautiful stories of you know the foster family meeting up with the biological family, them keeping in touch. You know, they, they make sure that it's all about the tryouts because that's what we our main goal is the trials, to make sure that they're happy, they're safe, you know, everything's positive for them. Sure.
2: I'm just listening. My eyes are tearing because I'm just, you know what, Samar, I, my hats are off to you because to be honest, it's a big commitment. And I, honestly, I don't know if everybody can do it. I'm just thinking of myself here right now going, I don't know if I could go through that that constantly, you know, being yeah. with someone, being be, be connect to a kid raise that kid in your home like it's your own child and then yes. have to go of course the best thing for that child is to be with their parents but you're having to give yes. that kid away and then you restart again so you've got attachment detachment attachment yes. detachment can I ask you how does that I know you said it makes you feel happy when kids are going back to their own families that I understand yes. but on the other side of that how does that help you I mean how does how is your mental health
4: um when when the little boy that was with us for three years when he left um I was not doing well at all. I really, really struggled with it
3: mm-hmm.
4: um but we had the best support of our family, our friends, the other foster moms, so that felt good to know that other foster moms knew what you know I was right. feeling and what I was going through mm-hmm. um and then we sort of made the decision where we're maybe only thinking of doing short term so yeah. Um, you know, DCJ will tell us, you know, this child's only going to stay with you for a few months and we tell them, okay, perfect. Um, whereas with the little boy that was with us, we we didn't know what was going on. One, um, you know, one month they were saying he might stay, the second month was he might leave. So I mm. think that sort of not knowing um, was really, really hard. And then for being with us for that long um, was really, really hard as well, Yeah
2: i got so much more questions, but Samar, look, I want to break for a song, and when we come yeah. back from the song, I actually want to talk to you about, obviously, um, you know, w- what it involves to be a foster ki- parent, you know, yep. what are the processes that you need to go through to be a foster parent, and obviously, um, you know, if you can be a foster parent and then decide later on that you don't want to and vice uh-huh. versa. We'll discuss more about those. And I still do want to hear another story too about, um, you know, if this is something you want to continue to do, or if this is yeah. something you guys want to eventually stop. And, and we'll talk a little bit about your team because you've got quite a few people in your team as well. Um, yeah. And when we come back, we can talk more about that. Bushra, um what have we got for us?
1: We have Yenidan by
2: Yellen. Okay, thanks, guys. You are listening to us, ladies, Bushra and Daria, from the WE podcast on Australia's Voice of Turkey. We are here today talking about foster care and hopefully um, reaching out to our community to know that um, if you do have any kids that you do need to go through this process, that there are associations, non-for-profit organisations out there. And support out there, guys. Absolutely. So let's listen to this song and come back and we'll continue talking with Samar. Awesome.
5: Yandı tüm ışıklar yeniden Nasıl parlıyor aşk gözlerinden İçimi eritiyor şimdiden Sana saklanışım her şeyin güzelini ben Koptu son fırtına ikimizden geliyor yüzden. Kalbine değmiyor bu cümleler. Bu cümleler. Senin yanındır sarayım Hadi öp uyan dır sevgilim. Masallar gibi gider yağlar gibi yaşatır aşk gün ikimizi. Senin yanındır sarayın. Hadi öp uyan dır Sessiz artık bekletme bizi. Yeniden yandı tüm ışıklar. Yeniden nasıl parlıyorlar gözlerinde içimi eritiyor şimdiden. sen daha saklanmışsın eşin güzeli ben şarkılar Yıllardır kalbine değmeyin bu cümleler bu cümleler Senin yanındır sarayım, hadi ölp uyandır sevgilim. Ah kaç asıl sensizliğim, artık bekletme bizi. Sarayım. Hadi öp uyandır sevgilim Masallar gibi güzel rüyalar gibi Yaşatır aşkım ikimizi Senin yanındır sarayım Hadi öp uyandır sevgilim Ah kaç sensizliğim Artık bekletme bizi
1: 2 Triple O's station sponsor.
6: Tender Loving Care is a certified registered NDIS provider that provides quality care for people with a disability. TLC, our staff will provide free planning advice and expert disability support. With over 50 years of experience and over 100 dedicated staff, we have the expertise to develop quality support packages that are tailored to your needs. We provide services funded under the NDIA, including but not limited to in-home support, personal care, domestic assistance, social and recreational support, as well as group activities, nursing care and accommodation services. Contact us on one 998 885 That's one 998 885 to receive a free, no-obligation consultation. Tender, loving care. Hand in hand with you on your NDIS journey.
2: Be sure to head down to Gimma Supermarket for all your groceries, household essentials and authentic Turkish kitchenware. Gimma Supermarket, located at 31 Queen Street, Auburn.
1: Jezve Coffee offers a variety of espresso and authentic Turkish coffee. Located right in front of the Rose Bay Ferry Wall, the chefs are excited to serve you authentic Turkish cuisine. Come on down, sit back, relax and enjoy delicious food with the water. Jezve Coffee, Lynn Park, Rose Bay.
5: Killer jewelry, multiple award winning luxury European jewelry store has the best designs at reasonable prices. Come visit us at Shop2 Station Road, Auburn, or visit our online store, Thanks. And we're back, guys. You
1: are with us. The We Podcasts, your hosts, Bishra and Dadia, and we are speaking with Summer from our um fostering our Umma. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is a foster carer. Um, there's just so many things to unpack here. It's such an emotional uh program, and I just I I can't. It's such a selfless act. Um, it's so beautiful, it's so inspiring, it's so it requires so much patience what you do and um and we were just off air we were just chatting with samar regarding you know the um the after effects of fostering a child and the fact that we're all human and we get attached
2: your age doesn't matter
1: no age doesn't matter the child gets attached the foster carer gets attached how do you manage how do you manage this how do you um you know after after caring for a child for X amount of time, be it mm. three months, be it, be it three years, um, after you let them go back into their home, their safe space, um, once it, it becomes safe, how yeah. do you manage the, you know, dealing with the fact that you have you need to move on and it's it's all a part of this process?
4: Yeah, definitely, you just gotta have that support system. So mm-hmm. your family, your friends, Um, if you need to take a bit of you know time away from foster care just have a bit of a break Mm -hmm. Um, like i said before we took a year basically a year we just said we're not taking on any more kids um you know we need time to heal we need time to reset um and it's just just a bit of self-care and i think just knowing that this is allah's plan you know this is what allah's plan was for this little child and Mm -hmm. our rewards gonna be with Allah inshallah. That's I think that's the one thing that keeps us going, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Um Samar, can we go straight to back to the beginning and say if what are the what did you guys have to do to become foster parents?
4: Um so basically we filled out a form, um, they came into our house and spoke to us. They do an assessment.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, so who I think was, they,
4: come, they came about who, three months. Who or four comes
2: times. Samar sorry, who comes to your home? Can you elaborate uh, on that?
4: The assessors from the agency, so whether it's DCJ or whichever agency you decide to go with.
2: Yep. Okay, yep.
4: Yeah, the assessors will come out. They'll talk to you. They'll talk about your family life, about your childhood, um, about your supports that are in place. Wow. Um, There's working with children's check, police check. um, They they do a safety check for your home. Um, There's about a couple of trainings that you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it takes, I would say, it takes about six to nine months all
2: mm-hmm. up. Okay. Does your finances and everything get looked at too? Sorry, but I'm just asking. So they want to make sure that you can provide for the child, I'm guessing, as well?
4: That's right. Okay. Um, I cannot remember, to be honest, off the top of my head. I yeah. think they do a little bit. not mm-hmm. They don't delve into it too, no, too yeah. much.
2: But they, but they provide they do, yeah. the financial But they provide support. some financial support too. That's correct. Yeah, okay. they provide an
4: allowance for the child.
2: And yeah. do you con- once you've become, so you go through all that process and obviously they say yes or no. Mm-hmm. And then you become... You be put onto a list of a foster care parent. And you obviously would tell them that you only... Do you only take in Muslim children, Samar?
4: Um, we, first, we said we only want Muslim kids um, long-term. They have to, you know, be with us forever. And then that changed very quickly. Um, once we started getting calls for, you know, like a two-year-old, she has nowhere else to go, they're going to end up putting her in a motel, you know, oh. with a with a worker. So we're just like, bring her. Oh my um, so but you can tell them for example i want you know zero to five uh um, muslim only but they will still call you for other ages and other kids like because there's just you, not enough carers sometimes
2: when a how kid can that you young to
1: back anyway like you're, yeah.
2: you know it's so hard so once you've become that and that happens and you go through all that, do you get assessed like every two years or something? Is it like, you know how like if you're doing a normal job, your licence renews, you get, get it renewed again or uh-huh. you've got particular, um, I mean I'm a marriage celebrant off air uh, on the yes. side as well, so I have to do ongoing professional development courses every year mm-hmm. to make sure. Do you have something like that too? Like and I have to renew my you know, registration and stuff. Do you have something like that too so to make sure that you're still, um, you know, able, able and fit to be foster parents?
4: Yeah, correct. Yes, they
2: do. So the, okay.
4: they will send, um, whether it's like a carer support worker or someone from the agency, yeah. um, and they'll just go through some questions. It, I think it took maybe only about an hour or two mm-hmm. last time. Um, and yeah, they just, and then they send you the letter saying, yep, you're authorised for the next year.
1: Wow. Okay. Wow.
2: I'm just, I'm, I'm like trying.
1: <laughs> yeah. And um, Sama, so you said um, while we were speaking off-air, there's just so many things that we've spoken about. I feel like I'm getting confused as to what we've spoken on-air and off-air. So you also mentioned um, that you have started a charity organisation as a part of your fostering service? Uh,
4: That's correct, yes. So it was um, basically just a bunch of us uh, foster mums. The child would come to us that day with basically just what they were wearing um, and then if we didn't have, you know, clothes or anything for them or for that specific age, um, we would have to, you know, go out and buy, whether it's a car, some clothes, nappies. Um, so we thought we could try to be, I guess, that middle man where we could just, before that child actually gets taken to the new carer's house, um, we have a backpack that the case manager can come and pick up from us that has um you know pajamas socks undies uh nappies wow um coloring in activities a soft toy a water bottle just just basic necessities that they need um i guess it makes the carer's life a little bit easier and it's also something for the child that they can call their own and no one can you know take it from them
2: Mm. um yeah so do you – and how do you finance that? Do you do you finance it or do you have organis- – I said before you mentioned um, in the first part of the show that you've got two organisations you work with. Are they the ones who support those and help you buy those as well?
4: Um, no, it's actually just the community. So it's basically mm. just people contacting us on our Instagram, um, people that know me personally, family, friends, um, their friends. Um, they'll just – It it just started really, really small and then it just started to get bigger and bigger and bigger where we needed the actual storage unit to store everything.
2: Yeah, I saw that, Um, that you're on your page. I stalked your page a little bit and saw that you had to have a bigger storage space. Guys, we are coming into the month of Ramadan and what better way... To give um, to give your money your zakat to people who obviously definitely do need it you know fifty dollars hundred dollars two hundred dollars does go a long way um, we I'm pretty sure most of us can afford something and these obviously to those kids it's immense it's a huge amount of money and huge support and assistance I'm guessing um, do you work with other charities together as well Samar, or is it just on your own
4: um, no, no, we do have. We have worked with a couple of other charities. We've mm-hmm. worked with Oz um, Relief. We've worked with Project Quran the one that you saw. Yes. Um, we've had a lot of businesses um, that have donated items. Um, I try to work with a lot of small businesses, mm-hmm. um, whether they can give us, you know, items at a cheaper price, um, and then it's a lot of it, it's just community, like just normal people like me and you. That you know they want to donate whether it's just a few socks, um, whether they want to donate, you know, pyjamas, whether they want to just donate a backpack that's packed with all the items already and then we just, you know, pass it on to um, the child with, like, depending on the age appropriate and whatnot.
2: And if our listeners do want to um, donate, how do they, they just message you or um, is there somewhere they can come and drop things off or how does that work? Yeah
4: yeah yeah so all our details are on our instagram so fostering our Ummah, mm-hmm. um and that we do have a Eid, uh, gift drive at the moment where we're trying to get together uh 201 gifts uh to hand out to all the muslim kids that are in care mm-hmm. um so there's a few drop-off points there um those drop-off points as well um, people can donate items for the backpacks as well, um, and then we do have our business account as well that they can donate to. Okay.
2: And everybody, I'm, I'm guessing all the um, volunteers that work with you guys on this um, organisation are all foster parents themselves. Yes.
4: Uh, yes. Some of, not all of them, but okay. some most of them are working in. Um, the foster care within the foster care system. Mm-hmm. So they have all that knowledge um, behind it. And then um, a few of us are foster parents as well. So, And all of them, I've known them for many, many years. Um, one's my brother, one's my sister, one's my husband. And then a few others are like very, very close friends, yeah.
2: Wow. Well, if anyone
1: wanted to volunteer and join your team, are you willing to, expe- um, willing to accept them or is that just uh, you're just quite... For, for-
4: Yeah, for volunteers, yeah, because we do, um, even though we're still quite small now, um, as we start to branch out to other agencies, if an agency calls me one day and says, I need, you know, 50 backpacks, um, we're going to need volunteers to come to the storage unit and help us pack, you know, these backpacks and get them all ready
2: hmm that's great yeah so it's important for our listeners to join to um, follow your page so they yes. know exactly what's happening absolutely yep.
1: and this is an opportunity to give back to the community yeah. and there's nothing more rewarding than
2: volunteering um, especially Definitely. for children yeah it's I just I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm in a shock I'm I don't know what to say like when you see little kids I mean and that that smile that they give you it's unconditional love
4: yeah,
1: definitely. And
2: it's it's just it's there for you to take and grab.
1: May I ask just a few uh questions regarding the course that you do? Um mm-hmm. are you able to just give us a little bit of a debrief as to the what um as to what uh is important for you to go through um when you are doing this course? So you said that the process all up is approximately 9 months. You said 6 to 9 yeah. months. Yes. Correct. What's what are the courses? What do the courses look like?
4: Um, the the courses you said sorry, or the mm, training? The
1: training it's... courses. Sorry, training. Oh, yep. okay.
4: Yeah, they're basically just um, they give you examples of how online? kids uh, might act, how the trauma affects them. Right. Okay. Um, I guess what to expect. But honestly, after doing the training and then. The first, you know, little um, girl that came into our home, I I still felt like we were not prepared. Right. Okay. Um, So it's it's, on the job. It's like a real life little human, Mm. you know, sitting next to you and you, you know, you're responsible for them and you're, it's, yeah, it's a lot to take you. I think
2: that would be hard, Samar, because I mean, it's like a, it's a textbook scenario. One scenario of 50 million other scenarios you might be faced with.
1: I'm a teacher, Samar, so, um, when I, I went on prac, um, and. On my second prac, I had a student um, open the windows and attempt to jump out of the oh my window. God. This is on my second prac, and my supervising teacher wasn't in the classroom, and I was left with um, a bunch of 30 kids and one boy attempting to jump out of the window. And I never received any training to actually deal uh. with that situation, and no textbook. I couldn't have stopped everyone and say, "Let hey me just to chapter Chapter three, no. <laughs> yeah, you have yeah. to deal with that in that. Um, in that scenario and I can only imagine I can empathize um, with what you're saying here because it is quite challenging and every case every case is different and you need to take a tailored approach when you are dealing with each individual child and yeah four kids in the in the same space they may not necessarily have personalities that are compatible right
4: exactly yeah
2: You know, can can, what would you say to those people, the listeners out there, um, someone's just messages saying, you know, what, like, I mean, is it, was it a hard decision to make? Is it a hard decision to make if you wanted to become a foster carer? Like?
4: I think everyone's different. Honestly, for us, it was just, yep, we're doing it. Whereas other people, they, I guess, need a bit of time to think about it. Um, Excuse me.
2: Thing. <laughs> um, well, what's I, I, I guess what that's, no, that's all right. I guess what Samar is probably trying to say here too to our listeners is that, is that you really need to really think about it because once you've once you've agreed to it, it's very hard. You shouldn't be just going. Oh, I've decided tomorrow I don't want to do it again, right? So it is yeah, a big decision. Can't...
4: Yeah, some people can start doing it and then realise... Sorry, I just tracked on dust. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> um, some, people, That's okay. some people can start doing it and then later on realise, you know, this is not for me. I, it's really hard to, you know, let go of the kids, which is understandable. It it just depends on you, how you are, um, your family, your support, your situation. Um, like I said, some for some people it's a really easy decision. For mm-hmm. other people it takes a bit of time, yeah.
2: You know, through this whole conversation you've mentioned your you know your backbone being your family and your support system that you've had a very good support system but yes. having said that have you do you feel that within the community as again there is some sort of resentment and some i don't know like misconceptions about becoming a foster parent and like you know who'd want to do that did you see that that animosity or that sort of cold feelings within the community of other people at least
4: yeah yeah yeah there's there was some even professionals that when i had to go fill out forms Um, and whatnot, and they're like, why would you do this? They're not even your own kids. Like, we've had, yeah, you get so many people with so many different opinions. Um, But once you meet these kids and hear about their stories, um, you just want to put them under your wing and just give them, you know, the best life ever, and you forget, you block out what everyone else um, is saying because, Mm -hmm. you know, we need to be the strong ones for this, you know, little three-year-old, this four-year-old, this 15-year-old. We're the adults. We need to be, you know, their advocates and, you know, strong for them.
2: You know, oh, absolutely, totally agree with you there. Samar, you know, yeah. out of these kids who do go into foster care, I mean, do most of them? Do they most of them get like? Is there a certain amount, obviously, that would go back to their parents again? But are some of them also adopted out as well?
4: Um, within a, within New South Wales, I don't think I think the adoption rate has gone up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think many years back it was just really really hard the process was really long it took you know so many years Um, whereas now the process is a little bit um, I guess more quicker even though it took us you know about two and a half years with our son
2: and you guys being foster um, yeah. parents first, it took you that long? Yes. So I can imagine yeah. how much, how hard it would be for people who, you know, don't want to have a child but would rather adopt somebody else or someone who can't have children wants to adopt, the process yeah. they have to go through. Um, it can be off-putting, I'm guessing.
4: Yeah, yeah, it does. And it's. I think it's just because it takes, you know, many, many years. And it can happen, mm-hmm. um, but you just have to be very patient. It, it does. It can take a long time.
1: Wow. So, where to from here? Good question, Bushra. You've done so, so much for the community. For, for now,
4: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for now, we're just—I guess—cause our uh, foster daughter, she's three, and we're sort of at the prickly end of what's going to happen. Is she going to stay with us? Is she leaving? We—we we don't know yet. Um, is that close? So
2: just, pardon. Is that decision close? Like, is that coming to the end? It's very. It's, it's quite imminent. Is it? You know, very. Uh,
4: it it could be maybe by the end of the year that decision okay. could be made. Um, so it is, yeah. It's sort of it, it does take um, with court processes and whatnot. It does take a very long time.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, so yeah, I think we're just going to wait it out and see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, we'll either you know keep going with foster care. Um, we we don't know whatever Allah has planned for us, I guess.
1: Wow, I appreciate that level of um tawakul. Mm. It's great
4: to, to hear that.
1: Um, all right, okay, well, it's 5.57. I have no idea how the time has passed. Oh, it I has been either. such <laughs> a um, an informative program. You've really opened up our eyes. Um, and also, uh, you've shown us that this is possible. Yes, it's challenging, along with the many challenges that life brings. Um, but it's so rewarding and it's so uh, refreshing to see that there are people like you out there who are willing to give back to the community in in such and a... And to look
2: after these yeah. kids who would be yeah. otherwise left and in I, seriously, my hat's off to you because honestly, I don't know if I could do it. Mm. And I thought I was pretty giving, Yeah. seriously. Um, you've just made me realise maybe not as much, maybe I need to do more. So um, that just goes to show you, as I said, the month of Ramadan is coming. It is a time of giving. Um, We can give more and more. Mm -hmm. And what better way to give? It's priceless love and affection. And that's exactly what you're doing. Samaya, is there one last final thing you'd like to say to our listeners out there about anyone that's thinking about foster care or anything in foster care at all, or anything to do with your organization, your non-for-profit? I guess anyone that
4: is thinking of foster care, um, have a think about it, you know, speak to your family, speak to your friends. It is very hard, it's very confronting at times, but it is so rewarding as well. Um, and please check us out on Instagram as well. Um, we do sometimes do care packages as well. So if a child needs, you know, a bit more things other than just a backpack, we, you know, can put. Items like that together as well, mm. um, but I really appreciate the opportunity to be able to, I guess, tell my story a little bit and talk about our charity as well. So thank you, ladies.
1: Thank you. We thank you so so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to share shed some light on foster care. I really appreciate
2: it. Thank you again for accepting our invitation, yeah. Samar.
1: We'd love for to touch ladies. base. Thank in, you so much. We would love to touch base in future, and yes, um, definitely. And and
2: hear about how you're going Progress and and how how you're going absolutely um yeah that's it from us guys i can't believe it thanks so much again samar guys you have listened to us beautiful ladies from the we podcast on australia's voice of turkey we are here every tuesday from five to six giving you hopefully great content and things that you need to hear about we have other programs throughout the week from five to six and on the weekends so do